It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. And greetings and felicitations, children of technology, and welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy and we are talking everything franchising here. If you've listened to me before, you know it's everything from how to franchise your business to how to buy a franchise and how to best run your franchise if you're a franchisee. We're lucky to have a great person on the phone with us today calling in from Nebraska, and um, we're going to get that uh, get to that in a minute. And wanted to talk about for a second what's going on these days in franchising. So. Things are expanding rapidly in all different industries in franchising. As you may know, there's more than 4,000 franchise concepts in 90 different industries. Most people think about fast food. So when I first got into my franchise 19 years ago, that's all I wanted was a ice cream store and realized that that was not the thing for me after working with a franchise consultant and she matched me to a smoothie franchise and, and I was able to get into that thing and build it quit my job working as a subway conductor in New York City and built three locations. And in five short years, I sold the whole kit and caboodle and I just semi-retired at 41 years old. It was a blessing and it was the American dream. Got into a second franchise and utterly failed and lost almost my entire life savings in a 19-month span. So this podcast is all about how to not make those mistakes. So I have a brilliant gentleman, a young guy on the phone named Zach. And so Zach is representing Color World with a company called Franchise Fastlane. And we're going to talk about them in a minute. Zach Butler is just a franchise guy from base, basically being a baby. So he, he started in 2006 managing a concept called Complete Nutrition. And then he became a franchise owner with that concept and opened up a bunch of units, which is really, really impressive as, as a young person. And he was, you know, franchisee of the year, just killing it. And the founder of that company ended up opening up something called the Franchise Fast Lane, which is a franchise kind of a sales and a, a company that helps franchises grow. And now Zach works for that company, building all different brands across the country. So very, very exciting. And after 11 years with Complete Nutrition, Zach franchised Fastlane and is now the vice president of franchise development. And today we're talking about Color World. So Zach, are you there? I'm here, sir. Hey, great to have you, man. Pleasure to be here, Tom. This is awesome. So are you in Nebraska right now or are you in Florida? I am in Omaha, Nebraska, aka the motherland. Nice. Nice. Very different from where I'm at in New York City, but still, nonetheless, Franchise Brothers trying to make it happen, right? That's right. Very cool. You started at 21 years old. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I've been in franchising my entire adult life. I kind of fell into that trade. When I was 18, I was managing a location. I was doing really well at that, had some success. And uh, what ended up happening was they began franchising. And I said, hey, I'm your number one. I run your number one location. You guys should franchise my location. 
they said, that's a great idea. So they did that. And you know, it, it went off with like a rocket ship. Opened up in 21. We did 1.1 uh, million the first year. Nice. I think I had uh, my entire life savings. I mean, I was making pretty good money early, but we did really well on that. That is so cool. And then you went on to open seven locations. Is that right? Yeah. So I took over a couple of the stores that weren't doing well, turned them around, and then I opened up another, I think, four. So there were seven all across the state of Florida. I mean, I was living in Tallahassee at the time. It was all going really well, except I had no business experience on the back end. So I was I was young, green, behind the ears, and I understood the sales part of the business, but I really just did not quite understand how to control shrink. Mm-hmm did not quite have the infrastructure that I needed. And that's, you know, and then the franchise comes in and kind of helps and you learn and you learn together sometimes when it's a young franchise, you know, you turn it around. Yeah. And that's actually exactly what happened. They recommended that, you know, based on what I was trying to do, there was another franchisee who had 30 locations and they said, you should partner with this guy because he needs somebody for sales and you need the infrastructure, which he has. Nice. That's what we did. So we partnered and at the time he had 30, I had seven and we grew to 68 across the country. Holy it was Michael. a roller coaster ride, good times, bad times, but man, it, when you look back, you learn an absolute ton about business and franchising. Yeah. You got to have good times and you got to have bad times and people always are scared of the bad times, but bad times, yeah, there's definitely, they, they really stink when you're going through it. But, you know, on the back end, there's always, always some kind of lesson and you're either learning about the business or you're learning about yourself, which is something that, you know, happened with me. So it's never a bad thing. And I always say, you know, there's, you'll never find an atheist in a business. You know? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so tell us about this color world concept that you guys are repping, or maybe we should start with uh, franchise Fastlane. How does this all fit in? Yeah, I'll start there. The guy that started that company that I was a franchisee of, after I uh, sold my equity and left there, um, he called me and said, Hey, I got a gig for you. I think you'd be really good at this. And uh, with your franchise knowledge, he goes, I need, we need somebody to help with sales for franchise fast lanes. You know, I turned it down, actually, <laughs> in the beginning. I came back around after they called me a second time, and I was the first uh, salesperson they brought on. You know, at that time, we had just a couple brands. But now we partner with emerging brands all over the country and, you know, we really help them put the gas pedal down and grow. Yeah. We had the pleasure of working with guys like you, Tom. So. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's great to work with Franchise Fastlane because you guys have fantastic brands. So you guys are develop what they call a development company, which is sales, but also best practices that you teach the franchisors as, as they're growing. Is that right? Yeah. So you, we, we bring on brands and we try to do it the right way. So we want to make sure, number one, they have enough capital to grow and, and handle the growth of franchisees because it's expensive to grow a franchise. Oh, yeah. It takes a while for them to generate revenue. But, you know, we work on their one and three and five-year growth plans, what infrastructure looks like. By having – now we have almost 13 brands, and it really allows us to put together best practices across all the, all the brands where they can all kind of share in uh, what we've learned across each system. That's so awesome. 13 brands. And it's a relatively young company, and you guys are just, I know, killing it. So, um, yeah, the whole team over there, man. I mean, from Carrie to Zach and, and all the brand managers and, you know, everybody that's working for you, just on and on and on, and just great people. So uh, I'm happy to work with you guys. Again, back to Color World. Tell us a little bit about the Color World franchise. What is that all about? Yeah. So, you know, we look for brands that are unique. We like to be excited about the brands we work on and we don't want the cookie cutter franchise. So 
we tried to get a unique brands and we pursued color world for heck, I think six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really wanted something that was unique in the service space that, you know, had a, had a, an investment that was under a hundred thousand dollars. And we came across color world, which, you know, they do residential and, and commercial interior exterior painting, but they do a bunch of other home service services as well, which, you know, it makes it a lot, it makes it really unique in that space. It can be a lot more profitable with additional services. What kind of services? That's interesting to me. Yeah. So they're going after the residential homeowner for the, the residential painting. That's their number one customer. So when you get on the property, you can look to see, did they just put up a fence? Does the fence need power washed, painted? Does they have a deck? Does it need power washed? Do the gutters need replaced? Do the sidewalks, the driveway, the house need power washed? Uh, so they do holiday lighting, which is it's just huge in cold weather states because you really can't paint the house when it's negative five degrees. So they can put, they can produce a lot more revenue in the winter months, but dude, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's crazy because you can really just use your existing customer base and you can retarget them for these additional services, which creates a better relationship with the customer and obviously creates more profit for the franchisees. Wow, I heard you say somewhere along the line a couple of weeks ago that it's basically a technology company that happens to do these home services. So what's the technology? What what are you talking about? Yeah. So, you know, Tom, the founder has done a brilliant job of really taking his time starting this franchise. You know, I think some people get in a hurry to do a lot of things, but he's really done it right. So number one, there is a national call center where they're putting all of the estimates and scheduling them directly on the sales manager's calendars. So they're doing that all automatically. There's a proprietary CRM that allows you to, as long as you can run a tape measure, heck, you can you can do the estimates. I was out there, you know, it, it's funny, Tom. I was out there the first time visiting Tom. He goes, you, you want to do an estimate for me? And I'm like, you, you know me, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he goes, well, just measure that, type it in there, and you'll generate the quote. I mean, it was really that easy. Wow. So, so on top of that, everything's done in real time. So Tom is probably one of the most efficient franchise or operators that I've ever met. Everything is done in a process to be automated and efficient to allow the franchisee to manage just sales and marketing. That's all we want them to have to worry about. So they get real-time data analytics across the national website, their CRM, their follow-up program, and even their uh, sales manager's calendars. That's cool. I love it. This is um, very unique, and this is something that's happening in franchising in general where technology is replacing you know, pen and paper and making things so efficient, but also kind of putting, you know, the mom and pops on the shelf, if you will, as, as, you know, these brands with a lot of money and a lot of technology behind them kind of take over markets. Not that, you know, we don't like mom and pops. Of course, we love them, but sometimes they just can't compete. They just don't have the money and therefore, you know, just can't make it in the marketplace when technology just is ubiquitous and you know, these companies, you know, technology is not cheap. That's the other side of it. Aside from, you know, being an old school person, if you don't, you know, if you're a technophobe, that's just another issue, right? Yeah. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head is that it's, it's hard to compete when with brands, but Tom's really taken this approach where he wants his franchisees to be so just operationally and to be able to manage the business as efficient as possible. I mean, he's really taken a lot of the, the, the headaches out of their hands and just automated it through technology, which most franchisors try to get all fancy rather than just being practical. What's one or two automations that the founder put in place, if, if you could think of any at the moment? Yeah. So the, the first one is, you know, for when a customer doesn't say yes on the spot, 
you know, the last thing that your guys can have time to do is keep calling the customer over and over again to see if they're ready to, to move forward. So through the call center and through this, it's a 10-step follow-up program where it's done through text, email, and then the call center, where they're retargeting this customer almost every three to seven days in different spurts, but mm-hmm. trying to trying to get their business and, and look, see if they're ready for uh, to move forward or if they have any more questions. So that, that's one. The other that I would say is probably pretty big is the ability to manage data in real time. So they can see what a cost per lead is. They can see what their closings are, but it's all done in, in real time. So you can actually go in and during the day before everything posts, you can see where everything is at. Oh, nice. Nice. So key economic indicators, you know, in a flash. Exactly. And that helps you kind of run the business, right? It's it's like having that dashboard on your car and uh, you know, knowing that you're going to overheat before you overheat. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, I think Tom is, he's not the nickel and dime type of guy. He's more looking at how do we make their job as easy as possible to make, make it a good environment to work in, but also how do we make their job easier and more, be more profitable. That is so cool. Who makes the best franchisee for you guys at this point? You know, I think it's it comes down to somebody that's got sales experience, somebody that's good at networking, really good people skills, but that, you know, that needs that, that interaction, that social interaction with customers. I mean, they can be an owner operator in this concept and do extremely well. So, you know, that that's somebody that that immediately cash flows, you know, and just does does a great job. Now, on the flip side, there's a hurdle there. And this is what I experienced as a franchisee is that you can only wear so many hats for so long. Those people immediately do well, but have a hard time scaling. The other flip side is you bring somebody in that's really good at system and processes and leadership, managing teams that can be more like the CEO of the business. So what uh, Tom realizes is that a lot of times you have the right guy, they just need, they need groomed, they need grown. And that's where he has a lot of mentorship programs put in place to give them more education on those, on those skill sets. Very cool. What kind of employees are needed in a concept like Color World? So when they first launch, there's not really any employees needed right away. Uh, they can typically manage most of it themselves if they're an owner operator. If they're going to be more like the that semi absentee, you know, CEO business, they're going to be needing a sales manager and like an operations manager, somebody to handle the front and back end of the business. So are you subcontracting then in this particular business? Yes. Okay. So that makes a really big difference in, you know, hiring and firing and human resources in general, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it, it allows them, number one, to find subcontractors that can do the actual work, but, you know, it allows them to focus purely just on the sales part of the business and keep the expenses down to, to a minimum. Right. I love that. Just, um, you know, labor, no matter what business you're in, labor is always, you know, the biggest headache. I don't care what business. Oh, isn't that the truth? And, you know, it, it, I think mm. people try to avoid it. But at, at, at the end of the day, there's, there's always, you always got to, you're always going to have issues with employees. But what I always try to remember, remind people of is that it's going to be okay. There's always somebody else out there to find. Right, right. Absolutely. And, and then also we have to think about, you know, you need to have employees, otherwise you just really bought yourself a job, and that's not what you want to do in most cases anyway. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Very cool. So what are you most excited about when it comes to Color World? Well, if I'm being honest, this is the first concept that we represent that I'm actually personally investing in. Oh, wow. So my fiance, who you met, actually, is going to um, dive into the entrepreneur spotlight and uh, is going to be more the, the sales, sales and marketing engine of the business. And then I'll be there to 
make sure that she doesn't make the same mistakes that I made. Well, that's uh, so awesome. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm probably most excited about. We actually uh, are announcing that here in a couple of days, but um, it's going to be really exciting. So Kaylee is your fiance. She will be working the fran- – so you guys are buying a franchise. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. So she, you know, she's very entrepreneurially spirited. So it, she's definitely sales customer driven. And, you know, we looked at all the concepts and we decided that, you know, we need to be business owners again. And with the color world, it just, it made sense. And, you know, I think it allows for people that have bigger aspirations that this, this pairs well with other businesses as well. So yeah. a property management business, flooring business. I mean, you're all the same type of customer. So. Right, right. I love it. Well, very cool. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about your personal experience as as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, Zach, what's the best business advice you've ever received? Wow, that's a that's a that's a good question. You know, I'd probably say don't measure results in short cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I first became a franchisee, I the first five customers that came in, I go, oh, they all thought this was too expensive, so I changed gears and. Then I realized, oh man, it was just I had five customers that weren't good. Yeah. So I think measuring measuring results in proper cycles is important to make sure that you're not making uh, irrational decisions based on not enough data. Do you have any personal habits that contribute to your success at this point in business? You know, I, I think finding people to work with you, and I say work with you, not for you, just because you know people aren't going to stay with you forever. But I, you know, I found we obviously had 68 locations and I found that when we had our one-on-one meetings, spending about 15 to, I would say probably 40 to 50% of the meeting just on them and what we can do to help make them, uh, you know, not just better for us, but a better individual. Tom, I mean, it was life-changing as far as watching these guys that would, uh, I mean, stay years longer just in the business and uh, really looked up for you. You know, they, there was lots more respect, less shrink, less problems. So, you know, I think we really took, I mean, really took a look at our employees and said, you know, I think it's that age old quote that says, you know, if you don't, uh, what if you spend all this money on educating your people uh, and they leave? It's like, what if they, what if you don't do it and they, and they stay? So uh, <laughs> right. I always buy one book for every uh, employee or team member that works for me once a month, but it has nothing to do with the business. It always has to do with what they want to work on. It could be finance, huh. could be their relationship. I mean, it's always about them. And I think, uh, you know, people appreciate that, you know, that when, when you care, they, yeah, it makes a big difference. So if you could recommend one book to the listeners right now, uh, what comes to mind? Wow. I mean, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People is probably my favorite. Oh, nice. Uh, I think I read that one once a year. That's right. But, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, one of the easier books is called The Energy Bus. I mean, it's a, it's a fable, but I'll tell you, I, you know, I read it and I catch myself doing, it's about positivity. I catch myself kind of getting into that slump every once in a while. So, Yeah, amen to that. I think we all do. Yeah. I mean, we're a bit, I'm a big book guy. That's awesome. You know, readers are leaders, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and I was, I'm a big proponent of that too. Whether it's reading or listening to a book, that's, that's really big in my house. If you have a commute to work, you know, you're crazy if you're not listening to some kind of educational, positive something, whether it's a book or a podcast or something like that. Even the Franchise Academy, I don't know if I would listen to that, but you know. Oh, I definitely listen to that. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We're going to test you. But for educational purposes, I always like to kind of a worst 
experience, entrepreneurial moment where you learned something. Could you share anything like that with the audience? I have a great story for this. So when I sold my equity and I came uh, aboard with uh, a new partner, I was used to being very resourceful and self-sufficient because I had no infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I learned very quickly that not a lot of uh, people that do that essentially maybe do graphic design or operations move uh, as fast as I did or you know, didn't have the same expectation that I did. So I tended to uh, kind of bulldoze over people when they didn't get things to me fast enough or uh, didn't didn't really get things to me when I wanted them, I guess. So I kind of mm. just went around them and just did it myself, which, you know, kind of alienates some people. Right. So, you know, I learned very quickly that, you know, you got to make sure that you work with people and not just work around them. So uh, I, I found that I was a pretty big learning learning thing for me is that not everybody has the same skill set, but you got to, you got to use the tools and resources that you have. Yeah. Cool. You know, you're kind of hitting on delegation a little bit, which is a big, you know, entrepreneurial stopper for people. They're, they get overwhelmed because they're afraid to delegate. Nobody could do it as them, but nobody could do it as good as me. And, you know, by the time I explain it to them, I could just do it myself. Uh, It's the E-Myth Revisited, right? There you go. Michael Gerber, that, that, that book comes up on this podcast almost every single time. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. I got to reach out to Michael Gerber and get him on the podcast and kind of fix that problem right there. But do you actually, now that we're talking about it, Tom, I got one more that I'd love to share if, you, if we got some time. Please. So, uh, yeah. you know, when I one of the first things I did when I came aboard to a larger organization is I, I realized that, you know, I, I needed more business and leadership experience. So I joined a group called Vistage. Oh, yeah. They make, well, there's one also called EO, but you're essentially around high-level peers once a month, and there's like a TED Talk speaker that comes, and you're really talking about each other's problems, and uh, you get really straightforward, you know, no bullshit advice. And uh, yeah. that for me was eye-opening. And I'll never forget one of the first problems that I said I had is that I could not get along with this guy at my organization. We had to role play in front of everybody. And I did exactly what happened. And uh, the guy that was role-playing against me said exactly the same thing as, as the guy that I was working with, having the problem with, without even knowing what he said. And it was uh, all based on because he was just as busy as I was, and it wasn't as important to him. So you know, we'd been, I'd been really butting heads with this guy, and I ended up calling him right after the meeting and said, man, I'm so sorry. I've been a complete just jack wagon. And uh, wow. I know you're as wow. busy as I am, and I, I, I did not handle a lot of this stuff the right way. And we ended up having one of the best relationships after that. But, you know, just having somebody there that was an outsider that, you know, told it to me straight that I respected gave me a lot of uh, – really helped me open my eyes. But that was one of the better – I did that for, a, I think, uh, a couple of years. That was a great learning experience for me. That is really cool. And, yeah, Vistage is a great group. We also have the Alternative Board, which is a franchise that does kind of the same exact thing. As you mentioned, the EO group. And it's just, it, you know, to ask for help is just so great. So many magical things happen when you say, you know, I just, I don't know. I need help. And not enough people are willing to take that humble position. Wanted to ask you about the last question is that I always ask everybody. Uh, what's one myth about franchising that you would like to bust right here, right now? You know, I think the one myth is that you know, when people look at franchises, they think that if there's one failure or five failures, that it doesn't work. You know, I think every franchise goes through the same, 
the same learning experience where they the franchisor thinks that their business works for everyone in every market, which is obviously you know not reality. But when they get past that and they really dial in the support levels, a lot of times they just bring on pe- the people that aren't the right fit. Not everybody can be a business owner, mm-hmm. but you know it, it's hard work, but it's one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. Amen to that. So I think it's uh, you know you, you look for franchises that have been trapped. I mean, some of these people that have have had some uh, things pop up, you know that. Maybe they've had some closures, et cetera. I mean, those franchisors have learned and they learned who not to bring on or they learned mistakes of why they had closures. You know, and I almost look at that as that would be better than having no closures. I mean, I look at that and go, they're all perfect. I don't think I don't right. believe that. So I think that's something to look at. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's, it's good to have somebody who's gone through the battle and, and they fixed the situation. That's good. I never thought about that perspective. That's a good one, Zach. I like it. Cool. So how could people get in touch with you and with Color World and also Franchise Fastlane? Well, if you got if you got any other questions on Color World, obviously they can they can reach out to you, Tom, and you can put them in touch with us. Um, they can go to FranchiseFastlane.com and check out a little bit more about myself and, and some of our other brands as well. But I would say go straight through you. That way you can kind of give them that initial education to make sure they're the right fit. Yeah, cool. I appreciate that. And we'll have all the Color World info and Zach's contact information on the website, thefranchiseacademy.com. So check that out. And any last uh, parting words of wisdom for the listeners, Zach? Yeah. You know, I think this is something that I don't know if you, I really hear much on podcasts, but what I've learned is that with, when franchise candidates come through a process with a consultant, they learn more about the brand. They do their due diligence. They're more prepared for the process. So, you know, working with guys like you, Tom, I think does does a lot more justice because they're getting educated on the franchise process as they do it. Mm-hmm. And you see, and you know, and I see it day in and day out. But you see, the franchisees start out typically a little bit stronger just because they've gotten into this where they didn't waste a lot of time doing a lot, dealing with a lot of the nonsense. They got right down to the nitty gritty. So, I think working with a consultant gives you a, I think it gives you an advantage. Just not just picking the right brand, but performance as well. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for those props. Very cool. You know, and I'm a product of that myself, you know, went through Franchise, found my first franchise. Two years later, I was franchisee of the year in that concept because I was so well matched. It wasn't, you know, waking up in the morning and saying, oh man, I, you know, what I almost did, I love ice cream. Let me buy an ice cream franchise, you know, that would be a mess. And so I'm, I'm grateful to my consultant back then who steered me in the right direction. So, Zach, thanks so much for being on. This was really great. Learned a lot. And uh, I look forward to having you and some of your colleagues back on the uh, Franchise Academy podcast. We're going to talk about some other brands coming up in the next few weeks and months. Sounds like a plan. Well, cool, my friend. Be well and God bless you. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Tom. Thanks. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.